What is going on, ZPAC? Okay, today something different. This is a friend of mine, Chris Lindland. He is the founder and creative genius behind Beta Brand Apparel. Now, why would we have a somebody who sells clothes on our medical show? Oh, you will find out in this podcast. It's a long conversation that's worth listening to, but if you wanna cut to the chase, dress pant yoga pants are the biggest thing ever for medical professionals because you can wear something comfortable that then looks like you're pro at work. And so we have a coupon. If you click the link in the description, it'll ask you for your email. You give us your email and in exchange, we give you a 20% off coupon for Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants, which if you are a social worker or a case manager or a respiratory therapist or a nurse or a doctor, these things have been crazy popular. So you can get a code here. I talk in this podcast with Chris Lindland about everything from being an entrepreneur to the lack of creativity in healthcare to um, what it's like responding to the internet in real time when you're creating something and how medicine can learn from what he learned at Beta Brand and how iteration and hard work is really what creates success in anything you're doing, whether it's creative or otherwise. Guys and gals, Please welcome Chris Lindland. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Man, so I got to say, I was excited because we met years ago through Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, another apparel company of some note. I've heard of them. I've heard of them as well. Hmm. And, uh, and so I remember meeting you and thinking, dude, okay, this guy, first of all, you're in my cohort. We're Generation X. That's right knows how to take a business idea, make it incredibly fun for people and engaging and make you want to wear cool, funny stuff to work. And that was back then. And, and now, fast forward three years, we have this show, we connected again. I'm like, let's come on the show and talk about this because you were noticing that one of your most popular items, the dress pant yoga pant, that's a thing. It is a thing. So tell, tell me about this yoga pant before I tell people what the offer is. Well, uh of the 1,200 some products that are developed on our site. 1,200 uh, products. 1,200 products. Uh, the biggest one by far, uh, astronomically large, are yoga pants that you can wear to work. Uh, those would be uh, the ability finally to take the yoga pant, which we see everywhere, and bring it into the workplace. So it's like, again, like Spinal Tap, sex farm, taking sex, putting it on the farm. Absolutely, and since we're Gen Xers, that's a reference that, I, that all of us will get. And no one else will. <laughs> you know, so uh, speaking of the dress pant, yoga pants, so this is, these are female apparel, correct? That's right. So I cannot wear a dress pant, yoga uh, pant. You know, actually, uh, uh, Zubin will actually be modeling them at the end of the show. Um, that wasn't arranged, but that's, that's how you're gonna get people to stick around to the end of the I, episode. I, this is news to me, but uh, I, will, I will put the pants on. It's in on. the contract. I will put the pants on. So the idea about the dress pant, yoga pant was interesting. It is comfortable like something you'd wear to yoga and that's all the rage nowadays and everybody's wearing those things, doing yoga and trying to co-opt Eastern philosophy for their own nefarious Western purposes. Uh, I've done it myself. Uh, but the idea that they look like dress pants so a social worker, a case manager, potentially a nurse, depending on what the dress uh, uniform requirements are, hospital administrators, doctors, people who are going into healthcare who already have to suffer through terrible uh, clothing choices That's right. can, can now be comfortable uh, in their own skin in the hospital. And so one thing we're gonna offer on the show, because I was like, okay, if you're coming on my show, we're giving people a coupon, 20% off the dress pant, yoga pant. If you click the little link, you give us your email, we'll send you a code and try them out. That's right. Well, uh, well, I say one thing that was a phenomenon with this is that you create ideas, you put them on the internet. Uh, I'm sure there's phenomena that have occurred from your show that was totally unexpected. In this instance, it was doctors found them and went nuts over them. And it was the thing where you find out through the comments and the addresses you send it to and the feedback you're getting where it's all of a sudden, so it turns out doctors really like these pants. We don't really set out with any product we have to be like, we've identified the specific demographic that must have this thing. It's more the internet shows up and says, that's our thing. In this instance, there's the medical community that, that were in many ways the catalyst that made this product come to life. And I'm astonished every single day 
uh, as we learn more and more reasons why this idea is this million unit pant success we have. It's insane to me because what you said, the internet makes the decision. Sure. We have a saying on the show, the internet is undefeated. So you don't try to outthink the internet. You, again, the internet will tell you because it is the democratized expression of the network effect of human beings uh, allowed to share data freely. And in this case, the data they're sharing is their decision to purchase these pants. So it took you by surprise, even though you are fianced right to a clinician, to a psychologist. So you have some connection in the medical space. And then of course, <laughs> me, because you and I go way back uh, to what, uh, 2012 or something. That's something, yeah. Yeah, and but you are like the cooler, hipster, non-medical version of me if I didn't suck. <laughs> uh, and you're based in San Francisco, right? That's right. Is that where um, you guys started out with the with the whole product, uh, uh, the whole project of Beta Brand? Yeah, it started uh, obviously like any good Silicon Valley story out of my garage. I uh, invented pants, horizontal corduroy pants. Wait, 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 horizontal corduroy pants. That's right. So they were corduroy pants that went in the wrong direction, and that alone can be enough of a charm and a novelty on the internet. And it enabled me to create a business whose objective was to say, let's hear what the internet wants and then make clothing out of it. And <laughs> as a result, we, you know, we put out a new product every week. Uh, every time we find out phenomenon uh, around the products we have, we then have this rapid R&D machine that makes new stuff immediately. Uh, so a story related to the dress pant yoga pants last year, there was sort of a wave, uh, the Thunderdome that is the internet decided in one loud voice, there must be pockets and pants for women. Uh, it, it began in July and then hit this crescendo in the fall. There couldn't be an advertisement we would put out that wouldn't say uh, hyper aggressively, like, damn you, there will be pockets. <laughs> Fascinating thing. And what's cool is that we then had new products with pockets out within three weeks. So the answer is it's a really different way about going making stuff is when you're just like open ears at all times. And we made our design department this like almost like a improv troupe where we're just taking feedback in from consumers all the time and then knocking out new products. So this is amazing because it doesn't exist in healthcare. So in other words, in healthcare, it's all a top down. Some butthole company will say, I believe the, the, the doctors want this, or I believe this electronic health record is what the clinicians want, or the mm -hmm. nurses will really like this new you know, ID lanyard. But nobody asks, it's not a bottom up grassroots expression of, of what they want. So that's why when, you know, when I heard what Beta Brand was doing and the fact that it resonated with healthcare people so much, I was so interested because so much, and we've had other you know, apparel manufacturers on the show uh, that make scrubs and things like that. And they're sure. all trying to give frontline healthcare people a voice to say, you know what, you can express yourself, be comfortable and have utility. But what's interesting about, so the, the dress pant yoga pants, they went nuts. So I've heard from people in private messages. I said you were going to be on the show, and they're like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? This is legendary. Get us a coupon because it's, it's so popular. Have you heard other things from the medical people in terms of what they want? I think things that are interesting there is we'll hear back from people who are uh, like big posture advocates, right? So people will say that wearing, a, uh, like wearing yoga pants or anything athletic in the work environment is actually better for your posture. Mm. Amazing. What? Really? Uh, I would just sort of say it's, it's essentially having a more of an orientation toward athletic anything is essentially better for your posture. This is something that you as a doctor could say could be or hell no, or I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that was fascinating. Uh, a lot of people who uh, 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 use wheelchairs are major advocates of this because it's, it's a way to essentially be as comfortable as possible and still look professional. And uh, so, and it's, I apologize to the people who are listening to audio. There's some like garbage truck outside making noise. I don't care though. We don't stop the show for anything, Chris Lindland. <laughs> this idea of posture, you know, ergonomics at in hospital or clinical settings is a disaster. Mm -hmm. So there are tons of people with carpal tunnel, with neck pain, back pain, myself included, from slouching around. So 
it's interesting because I could see how what you're wearing might determine your posture a little bit, it, it, particularly how you express yourself in a, in a work environment. So it, when I wear like a full jacket and tie and everything to work, I find that I, I just get a little bit more, hi there, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Dr. Demania. You may know me from such hits as uh, Call Day and Pull and Pray about sexually transmitted disease. I'll be your physician today. And I stand up a little more straight. Mm -hmm. So you're saying even with the yoga pants, the dress pant yoga pants, there may be some effect on posture. It could be. I would sort of say the thing that's been interesting for us is that we always sell a lot in January. Mm -hmm. um, and it has to do with the whole health kicks that everybody goes on. And what it ends up being is this almost high intent product, i.e. I'm gonna be very mindful of what I'm gonna eat today. I'm going to be mindful of exercising. And what it adds up to is a way to have a bit of that intention all day long. Yeah. yeah. So that's been, that's been a, something we hear. And again, it's a, it makes me more likely to go do yoga. Not like you're gonna go do yoga in the pants. It's as if you're setting out to the day with a more of a fitness orientation. And that that means a lot to some people who want to get their steps in when they're they're walking to work, that that want to uh, be more mindful of what they're gonna eat. This makes sense um, in terms of now explaining why emergency physicians will show up in spandex uh, and wear a North Face jacket. It's like a thing. Sure. So emergency docs being extreme, they want to stay in that extreme mindset. Huh. At any point, they may have to clip in to their 12 <laughs> speed and just start racing. I mean, it just, it, 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 it's interesting. So who across the spectrum of healthcare providers, who do you think is most resonating with, with the yoga pants? It's, uh, it's been doctors to begin with. Mm. Uh, is that because they can, I'm speculating. Sure. It might be because they do have to dress at a certain um, formality. So nurses can wear scrubs and things like that, but a lot of time doctors have to dress, you know, in formal pants and this and that. So That's what it'd be. It's essentially people who are on their work on their feet all day. Yeah, love them. It's it's a way to essentially be wearing an athletic outfit and not looking like it. So it doesn't look like you're all like cinched into a crazy tight thing that's going to show off too much stuff. And no, I mean it, it's it's an odd thing. It's like we just said. What are all the key details of regular dress pants? Right. Now let's make them out of yoga pants material. I mean, I mean it's I it's more complicated than that because there's a lot of work that's gone into the fabrics that go onto it. A lot it. of ins and outs, but, a lot of what But for the most part, it it is simply saying you give people a chance to I mean, the, the first product started out with dress pants, sweatpants for men. And men, you give them a chance to wear sweatpants on any occasion, they're going to take it. Same thing goes two. for women. Yeah. Times a million. So the idea that you could wear something comfortable still look professional. And is it a, I'm gonna ask a, a difficult question. Sure, Okay, Chris, please. I'm gonna ask the hard questions. Are these pants just smoke and mirrors? In other words, if you get up close, do they look like crappy yoga pants that shouldn't be worn at work? Or, or is it actually legit? It's, it's legit. I mean, we've gone through, I think, something like 70 different styles of them at this point. Wow. Uh, so it, it is a, there's, it's an obsession of our design department. And the thing I'll say again is that we're polling our customers weekly on new designs of them. And so by now, the crappiness would have been engineered out of them. <laughs> uh, so to answer your question, it's a, that's not possible based on how we work on things, is that any negative feedback would have been uh, through the system three years ago. This, this, this is actually an amazing expression of what me and Tom were talking about on the podcast the other day, which is this, again, the internet is undefeated. The network effect of human beings allowed to exchange data in an open way without a lot of judgment sure. can actually create the product. So that's what happened. You didn't really build this product. It was built by constant iteration and feedback from the customers. We're gonna do one step further on that one. It's the actual judgment itself that is the key to the success. And I will explain. It is a war on Facebook among women seeing ads for these products of whether it's appropriate or inappropriate. So, so the people fight over the professionalness of it? It is. Ah. It's a never ending discussion about that. And what's amazing, and I think that's the way things work on the internet, that if you can be perfectly polarizing, 
you immediately get a lot of attention. That's true. We're and, good at that. And and I, it, it's something that that blows my mind. I mean, we see these ads that we have that will have thousands and thousands and thousands of comments on them, which is essentially a nonstop dialogue on, is this appropriate? What are dress codes? Why do dress codes work the way they do? Okay, damn it, I'm going to buy a pair. And I think that's the thing that's been amazing for me to see is that it's it's not just a thing. It's a it's almost like a identity decision that people are making and that's what's been so interesting to watch. Well, so relating that back to healthcare, sure. I get a lot of people message me about their angst around body art, tattoos, piercings. So you're in a situation in healthcare where people are having the worst day of their life, they're in the hospital, whatever. And then they look up and, you know, Bob the ultrasound tech has a full sleeve that says I love Satan in various different ways. Sure. But Bob is a sweetheart and also has, you know, all kinds of piercings. And the question is, a lot of times the employer will say, uh-uh, you need to wear long sleeves every time. And it <laughs> somehow censor the self-expression of these employees. They will message me very, in very, and it's interesting because they're very unusually polite. They say, you know, I was just really curious what your impression is. I have a lot of tattoos. They mean a lot to me. It's my form of self-expression. Some of them have emotional resonance around things that have happened in my life. My employer says X about them. And in healthcare, it seems we're held to the standard that's very different. Hmm. Um, and this conversation happens constantly. So the idea that are these dress yoga pants professional or not, and, and the, the fact that it's triggering conversation doesn't surprise me in the slightest, we did a, a, a Doc Vader episode. So Doc Vader is one of our characters. Sure. He's the dark side of medicine. And he was talking about tattoos. And he's like, well, if you have a respect tattoo, you deserve the bare minimum thereof. And if you have a barbed wire tattoo, it, you probably gave herpes to the lady in 10. You know, he does this whole like stereotype thing. But then he basically says, but times are changing now. So it might be that when Luke and Leia grow up, the question will be, how come you aren't with someone with tattoos? Sure. And you know, maybe you need to put that tattoo where someone can see it, like on their neck or their face, because the, the times are changing. So in your experience being, and, and the, another reason I wanna have you on the show, apart from being a, a cool cat with a better beard than I will ever have, um, you're in the epicenter of sort of fashion and identity discussions and things like that in San Francisco. Sure. So how important do you think, an expression as beta brand as a as a entity as a company that you really conceived and founded and grew and I remember it was small and really adorable like Japan's and disco pants sure. and quarter rounds and this really funny kind of distinctly male hipster sensibility that now has evolved into triggering these discussions online about identity. Do you do you, was that a conscious evolution? Like how do you see beta brand fitting into this wider? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, one thing that's neat for anyone with a entrepreneurial idea is you've got this, I don't know, PowerPoint presentation where you're like, well, this is how it'll all end up. And uh, the big idea then was to say, well, what if Facebook existed for fashion where people would just talk about clothing and then the clothing would magically come to life? Mm. And, uh, and we built the business to do that. And the fascinating thing, and I would say uh, many of your customers would agree, women are about 20 times more opinionated about fashion than men. So when we started off with these quirky male ideas, the minute we started to open the platform to women, the men's voices were drowned out immediately by an enormous discussion about women's products. No problem for me, that was the whole point of the network to begin with. Uh, but yeah. what's been fascinating, particularly with this product, is it is everything to people. It is a, the airline industry discovered it. When stewardesses discovered this thing, it was like, boom, they all bought them because it was a way to be more comfortable when you travel. Uh, we've found that uh, the police have discovered them now. And so it's basically FBI agents. How do you wear something that looks professional that you can tackle someone in? That's awesome. Yeah, no, so it's really cool. And you, and you find your way into different people's lives through the products you make. See, that to me is like the passion of being an entrepreneur and bringing creativity to the world is giving people a gift that you didn't even, they didn't even know they needed. So this idea that FBI agents can- Yeah, no, it's cool. That's really cool. So you have men's apparel too. Oh yeah. 
So tell me something that an FBI agent might wear, like buy from your site that... Uh, <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, the, the specific case, the dress pant yoga pants are that thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We, we, we would make uh, undercover outfits, I think, for, for FBI agents. So we would make funny Hawaiian shirts that uh, the Gary Busey types could wear. Uh, I miss Gary Busey. Yeah. Is he still alive? Um, <laughs> uh, someone could come in with comments to find out if that's true, right? We could have a fact checker find Gary that out. Gary Busey. Yeah. He looked like he was on a path that wasn't um, <laughs> compatible with life uh, a while ago. Uh, I think he's a uh, Keith Richards type. Yes. Where, where they, they're uh, indestructible, ultimately. The ant just cannot destroy him. Yeah. How did you get involved in apparel, dude? Um, just a... Uh, Honestly, just the kind of conversations you have with friends about what ifs. In my case, it was a, what if you made corduroy pants that went another direction? And then I had a pair made for fun. And then I was single and uh, women were touching my leg at a bar. This is brilliant. Yeah, saying, well, they go in the other direction. I'm like, uh, hello, nice to meet you. My name's Chris. Uh, so that was the aha moment. And the truth is I put those live as kind of more of a, uh, kind of like a fun web project that was meant to be a side project that then became a pretty big business now. I mean, there's uh, 65 people who work for the company and we sell to people all over the world. I mean, we have, you know, <laughs> an office in Hong Kong now that we commonly go to. So it's a, it's a fascinating thing to be, uh, you know, the, the pants that sort of authored my life. And uh, it, 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 it keeps astonishing me all the time. Hey, it's interesting to me from this angle of um, side hustles, because you were saying it was kind of like a, oh, yeah. a Absol project. Absolutely. There are so many medical people who are like, oh, my side hustle is, you know, I sell lip sense or I'm part of a multi-level marketing scheme. Sure. But then some of them are like, yeah, I do this thing that, and I'll get emails, right? Like, I, I do this thing where I make this thing that's really interesting. And I'll look at it and go, that is cool. Like that's filling a need that nobody would know that they had. But th the fact that this person has a healthcare background and all of that, you know, so it kind of, weirdly drew them in a flow and a current to the side hustle that's probably gonna be their main hustle. Sure. So there are a lot of people looking for that. What, what was it in your life actually, in your background that led you into this current? Yeah, I think I, think I had uh, enough uh, entrepreneurial swings at the bat when I was in my 20s uh, with different enough thing, like I created and sold an animated TV show Really, uh, I had started a uh, a tech company with a friend, and it early enough got you going. Well, I got an idea. I kind of roughly know how to put it together, or at least I know all the right questions to ask. And then, in some short amount of time, something exists, and then it has to work. But I mean, speaking of side hustle, I don't think Dr. Zubin Damania was set out to be a media personality. It was just something that you made happen and then you got good at it. And then all of a sudden you have the choice of being that. And I think that's how all uh, side hustles become, you know, your life. I, I think one of the key things that is common to both of us is keeping your mind open to opportunity and then creating a return on luck. Sure. So you meet somebody, it turns out they, would be great at executing some of the designs that you have. The next thing you know, you have a business, but if you were closed off, and I think a lot of healthcare people feel trapped. Sure. Like, you know, I, I'm doing this thing and I see healthcare changing and I hate, you know, the electronic health record. And I hate the fact that we're forced to churn all this volume in patients instead of doing things for them, we're doing things to them and it feels morally wrong. And then that creates moral injury, which then creates burnout. But they don't, they don't um, they've never been trained and it's never been okay in our training to be open to new experiences, the possibility that maybe you won't be doing the same thing, mm -hmm. but maybe something related that where you help people in a different way. For me, that was very hard. I hedged and hedged and hedged. You first met me in 2012. Mm -hmm. I just moved to Vegas. Sure. We were sitting there in downtown cocktail room, staring at each other going, wow. It was kind of a strange kind of uh, mutual um, fascination because I was like, wow, you made a, you created an apparel company yeah. based on horizontal corduroy 
Like that's amazing as an act of creativity and the fact that people are buying it. And I think you were just like, you're a doctor in downtown Las Vegas. What the hell are you doing? And, sure. But, but the idea that you have to give yourself the license to say, you know what? It's okay to explore these other things. A lot of people in healthcare are conditioned against that. I'm hmm. sure you might even run up against that when you when you see these discussions about what's professional and what's not. Seems to me that's a, a an epiphenomenon of the idea that we're told things aren't okay. You know, like you cannot be yourself. You cannot express yourself in certain ways in healthcare. That's slowly, I think, going to change. But before it does, people are going to run up against this wall of expectation and inertia. And healthcare is is the most sort of rife with that way of uh, that that kind of inertia. A couple observations, things you're saying that interest me is uh, one: healthcare has got to be filled with people of um, supremely higher than average intellect. Uh, which is then the curse of being able to see things out in the world and go, well, I, th I think I can think of a better way of doing it. Mm. And so I would assume that there's many people in the profession that have uh, a lot of entrepreneurial ideas. They just don't know how to start. Yeah, or, or I get their emails all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine it. Yeah. Because there's probably a lot of people that are like, I could have been the Z-Dog. Right. I'm not kidding. I mean, again, it's like how many people who uh, are in your profession are also musicians, a, a, a an, large, an number. enormous number, yeah. right? Uh, because everyone had to learn an instrument who became smart enough to become a doctor. And so I would just say it's a common thing, right? So there's probably a lot of people who are like, damn it, I had that idea, I just didn't do it. And that is an interesting part of the world we live in. Um, one note that I thought was cool that you brought up about uh, choice, about what you can or cannot do. Here's an interesting thing, and I've, I've been wondering about this for years, particularly with the dress pant yoga pants. Nobody knows who invents dress codes. They're, they're really more of a peer pressure concept. I think people think that the same people make dress codes are that same body of kind of old white haired men that invent women's health laws. And, and everyone has this impression that there's someone that they're gonna offend by what they're wearing but there's rarely a written down code of what the dress code is. Right. And so I think what's fascinating is you see people saying, I shouldn't do this. But the answer is, is there really someone out there that's gonna complain about it? And I know that there are some companies that will, right? Some places will, but the fact is 99% of them won't. And that's what's funny about this product is it, it's this sort of rebellion that you get to have while you're, where you're, where you're kind of like breaking the rules while completely conforming for them. That's really what it is. And I think that's the secret sauce. Like when you, when, when you were like, yeah, we have these dress yoga pants. I was like, dress pant yoga pants. I was like, that's amazing because it's a subversive act. Yeah. And yet it can fly completely under the radar of a major institution. They're yeah. not gonna, I mean, look, it's funny, for some reason, I know doctors wear them. I see case managers and social workers in them. Uh, oh, sure. And I think part of it is that, again, it's the, it's the formal outfit, but yet case managers and social workers in particular are a particular mindset of like, you know, listen, uh, I see the worst in humanity and the best in any given day. If I'm not gonna be comfortable at work, y'all can buzz off because like this, this is how I wanna be. They, 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 they tend to have a particular personality that mm. I've always admired a lot. So it's, it's funny, you're giving people the license to be a little bit subversive. Whereas an arm sleeve of tattoos with short sleeve shirt is a very, that's where the nurse manager or somebody goes, well, you know, I don't know what Betty, the 90 year old in bed seven is gonna think of the sleeve. Hmm. Maybe you'll wear, you know, you should wear some long sleeves. It's really interesting. It's kind of a spectrum and that's on the end of that spectrum, as is blue hair. Hmm. So I've, I've had people reach out to me to go, I, I colored my hair blue and I had to sit in front of HR and explain why I did that. And to me, I'm like, so your hair is blue, that's cool, that's a personal choice. Like, huh. well, how is that unprofessional? Yeah. If anything, you're, you're disarming patients who may have done that when they were, you know, or may still be doing. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but I can understand why these big institutions are so conservative, you know? So clown noses are fine, but the blue hair is not. Clown noses a la Patch Adams is yeah. fine. Bringing a, a, um, a patient uh, trained a dog to the wards is okay. Hmm. but you can't dye your hair blue. 
Now, look, I can joke all I want about how millennials are covered in tattoos and I don't get it and I wouldn't do that to myself because it's not my form of expression. My form of expression is what I'm doing right now. But I would fight to the death to defend their right to do that. It's self-expression. And hmm. in, in medicine and healthcare in particular, this has been a huge damper on uh, self-expression. And as a result, I think it creates this general cloud of lack of creativity, uh, not lack of creativity, of a, a creativity is not okay. So you cannot look for interesting, you can't look for interesting expressions of solutions to problems that have been plaguing us because that would be a deviation from what we normally do. And by suppressing creativity on any level, you're suppressing it in some extent on every level. Huh. And so, the dress pant yoga pant thing is interesting because it gives you this little subversive way. You were talking about posture. Sure. So if it forces you to kind of assume a more athletic posture, at least mentally, what if it also forces you or opens you to assume a more creative posture or slightly more subversive posture? I would hope that, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I, I um, You wish, right, when you create a brand or you create a show, uh, you create a following, you hope that you're connecting with people a little bit more than just being the pants that they put on. Uh, there's a lot of big ideas that go into our company uh, and there's a hope with that that there's this sense of community or this sense of creativity that goes into it. And that's the real desire, right? Because I, I can't bring myself to just go, well, I hope they like the pants. Like I want people to like have that thing be the first thing that they pack when they take a trip, right? Because that makes you feel like you're contributing to a person's life. Uh, so I, uh, I, I can say that, that that would be the hope, uh, that my hope would be that if a person has intentions in life, that by wearing these things gets them a bit closer to it. Uh, my hope would be that because they saw that we took a creative approach toward making things, it would make them want to think more creatively or participate creatively. Uh, so that's, you know, your dream when you're sitting back hoping that all these pants that you make actually do something. It makes it fun to imagine that there's lives that you're touching. Uh, I, I can tell you when we made these products called disco hoodies, we had, I think I lost count. I mean, it was, it was tens of people who were buried in them, right? <laughs> And you hear the, I mean, these really heartfelt things That's where family amazing. members would write you to say that that happened. They were buried in the disco hoodie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that happens so many times where the disco pants and the disco hoodies were things people got buried in. And, uh, you know, it's similar. I hear people saying, hey, I got a new job or I wore your clothing to my job interview. And that'd be the, the case with the dress pants, yoga pants a lot, where you're like, how are we getting to hitchhike on these real experiences that people are having in life? Because those are the things that if you make clothing for a living, you live for because it means that these you know, creative objects you made actually had a creative impact on people's lives. It's funny because you know, I was wondering like, do I, because I wanted to have you on the show because I love what you're doing. And I was like, do I have to explain to my audience why I have a non-medical person <laughs> on the show talking about clothes. And I think in a nutshell, you basically just explained it, which is it, 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 whatever it is you're doing, if you're connecting with other people and you're giving them some kind of, some kind of self-expression in some way, you're doing a wonderful thing in the world. And that directly connects to my tribe of people, the healthcare people because we've been deprived of that. <laughs> sure. You know, you, you got it, Chris. I mean, again, because your partner is a, is a psychologist and does a lot of uh, um, sort of telepsych and things like that, really sure. on the cutting edge. And I've spoken with her and she's fantastic. And, and she's really on the cutting edge of how we can communicate and disrupt what was a very ancient tradition of psychotherapy by bringing it into telehealth. But I wonder uh, if her influence in any way affects you and what you do in the clothes. Because what you just said about people being buried in the disco hoodies. And, oh yeah. Hey, that, that's a, it's funny. I initially laughed because when you said buried in the hoodies, I thought you meant they just bought like a thousand of them and buried themselves in them. If only fun. they did. I know. Cause then it would be a <laughs> monetary gain. Yeah. Instead it's more an emotional or it spiritual game. It is emotional game. game. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, again, I, I think that, uh, a lot of the things that I hear about, um, 
you know, you, you process through so many patients you see. And uh, it, you know, it is important to remember every now and then that people got better. And as a result of getting better, they got to do things like get married, fall in love, run races, et cetera. Uh, so we can all imagine the greatest moral outcomes of the work that we do. And in the world of making clothing, you, you have to imagine what the experience is that you make possible. So, you know, that's the hope with this. And, and every product, I mean, we, that's what we get up for. We invent new products all the time on the site. Um, got some funny ones coming up. We got some smart ones coming up. Uh, we created products recently that are sweaters that actually cool you. That just went out and it was made of jade. And it's astonishing. Like, like the, the sales have been nuts uh, because it's the first sweater that cools you. Yeah, you know, I know again. Like like Anti-sweater. No, I know. So it's, a, it's like a shiver, you know, like, <laughs> like, like anyway. So, so these are the things that are fun for me because these are the same people that buy the dress pant yoga pants saying, give me something that I can wear that's cozy during the summer. Right. Okay. You know, like those are things that are interesting inventions. And why why has the <laughs> apparel industry languished in terms of this kind of creativity? Because you, when when I saw Beta Brand for the first time those years ago, I was like, "This is such a thing. I've never seen anything like it." Like, here's why. So so a fascinating thing about the clothing we all wear: uh, designers we know are creative people, um, but. If you go into the design department of any clothing company on earth, you see all these beautiful hypotheticals of the products that could be that are up on the you know the drawing board, um, but the choice to make the financial decision to bring those products to life is when you take this super creative thing and then you turn it into something a lot less that, because the people that are merchants and the marketers have to make wiser i.e. conservative financial decisions about what clothing to make. Mm. And the amount of time it takes is, is very long. Average pair of shoes, 18 months from the time it pops out of a designer's head to the time you can buy it. Really? We sped that up to a week at Beta Brand because we do it digitally. And what's fascinating about that is that I always figured that if consumers got closer to the ideas, they'd be a lot more fired up about them. And for the clothing world, that's exactly what we do. Wow, so it really is it really is this immediate expression going from idea to product and then iterating. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't want to sit in on like the writer's room of like the Amy Schumer show? Right. There's stuff that's like let's call it probably too body to make it on TV, but you want to hear it, right? Yeah. And so in the fashion world, it's all the what ifs that you never get to see, and our business is designed to get like let everybody be involved in that what if section. And it's a different way of shopping. That's tremendous. And so, and just for you guys, Z-Pack, for the fans, uh, there's a link you can click through. Again, announced it in the beginning. You'll get an email. You give us your email and we'll give you a 20% off code for the dress pant, yoga pants. So it's a great, I imagine it's a great gift too. So you can give this to somebody, assuming you know their size. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, then it's like, well, okay, I dare you to wear this to work. <laughs> and the thing is, it looks, they look good. I'm looking at the models on the site and we can, we'll feed them in. It's like uh, Logan will put them, put some images up. Like it looks legit, man. It has been. I mean, it's been a, it's, it's revelatory uh, for me, right? I, I, uh, I witness thousand pair a day go all over the world. Wow. And uh, it's really fun to think about. You know, it's funny is that with the original pants I would make, uh, I could, I could spot them a mile away because it was just amazing to see every time. And it almost a testament to how good these are at blending in. I really can't eyeball a pair of dress pant yoga pants when I see them because they just look like regular pants. Wow, so you have to get up close and know that it's... Yeah, I would have to get up too close for comfort to be able to be like, are those dress pant yoga pants you got on? You could recapitulate the whole ladies putting their hand on your quarter round. <laughs> In the bar, but in a 70% more creepy way. 7,000% uh, more creepy way. Thank you for correcting my math. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. It's interesting though, because like, you know, people go, well, fashion is frivolous and what does it matter and so on. I, I, I learned moving to Vegas, having had um, met uh, this a woman, Sarah, who was a designer or had worked with Marc Jacobs and other people. And she taught me about how fashion is, it's not like that. It's an expression of what you 
want to convey about yourself when you walk in a room and people see you. Humans are very visual creatures and you know they see this graphical user interface of the world. And when, when you have to ask yourself, what is it in you that you want to convey to the world? And it's true in work clothes, it's true in casual clothes. So fashion is actually a deep expression of our inner identity if we do it right. Now, if I just go to like, you know, Target, which I do, even in Target, I can find a, an Atari t-shirt that is a deep expression of like who I was in 1982 playing Pong or combat sure. on my 2600. And when I wear it, it it's funny because people will say, and it's a mass produced shirt. People will say, dude, I love that Atari shirt. I had that 2600 back. I had the 5200 too with the weird keyboard. And it creates so much conversation that's so sort of, um, the, the term is egocentric. So it actually is compatible with who it is you are at this moment, hmm. uh, as opposed to ego dystonic, which is where you're doing something that doesn't feel like you. And so fashion is a great way to, to express that. And I think that's why people were burying themselves in your disco hoodies. Oh yeah, I mean, the, we when we're at our best, we're selling a conversation in clothing form, right? That's when it's cool, right? Because then you know there's more of a there there, that you're not just owning a thing but you're gonna talk about it at some point in time. Mm. And uh, that's, that's the fun thing, right? Because if you're creating some Atari shirt that actually makes a conversation happen, well, then it's more than a shirt. It's just a connection you're making with someone. And I think that that's what's fun about inventing anything that actually sparks conversation no matter what it is. Because those are the human experiences that make the, you know, the, uh, the origins of the conversation worth it. What's next for the beta brand piece, man? Well, I would say, I mean, again, like what's fun about being on the internet is watching phenomenon take place. And this unicorn sweater thing that launched two days ago really has this like, so what's really happening here? I mean, we're, we're selling a sweater that cools you. And it's the biggest crowdfunding hit we've ever seen on our site. Like we're talking potentially dress pant, yoga pant levels. Wow. And what you try to do then is try to figure out, well, why do people want it so much? And then how do we make as many as they wanna have made? So this is an immediate like, okay, so are we making 10,000 or 100,000 of these things? And it's an amazing part of the world of supplying stuff. It's because it's got jade in it. That's the thing. Actual jade. Actual jade. Jade is woven into the uh, the fibers of it, and it creates this sort of cooling effect. And so you hear that, and you're like, okay. So now, does everyone want to have their clothing cooled? And are we this air conditioned clothing company that I didn't expect we would be four days ago? So that's the thing that's fun about it. It's this it's this incredible response game, and we set the business up to be like. Do you want that many? Okay, we'll make them. It's that fast. It's that, that fast. these things happen. It is. To me, to me, and we've talked about this again on the show, this yeah. is the future of everything for humans, is no longer this top-down centralized control of stuff. It's a bottom-up expression if you have nimble companies that are able to respond quickly. And again, applying it to healthcare, we're nowhere near that degree of nimbleness huh. or creativity, but I think we can get there. I think we can get there. I mean, even what we do on our show is like, we're always have our feelers out, what's going on in the world and that we can respond to. Apple comes out with its emo and emojis and we like the next day did the met emojis. Sure. Where we took their guys and we're like, oh, we can do all, and, the, and it does really well. And then as you see, once you hit the limit of what you can do with that, you're waiting for the next modality, you know, whether it's dubbing over a movie or whether it's, it's a creative process and, and you're always listening to the audience. So this, this sweater, the jade cooling sweater, <laughs> it's, there's yeah. unicorns on them, is that how? Well, we just call it the unicorn sweater. Because? Because I mean, it's made out of, you know. Unicorn. 100% uh, authentic unicorn. I knew it. You knew it. I knew it because. Uh, they molt and we take the, uh, the, the, the virgin hairs of it. If it's good enough for Voldemort, it's good enough for Beta Brand. I, uh, I, I, I do say that. So the, the point you make is interesting, right? Um, being hyper-responsive or having that as part of your orientation is an interesting way to approach anything internet related. And in fact, it's a mandate of it, is that you tell stories with a very open, so where do we go next with this thing? 
And that's obviously how you're running your show, uh, where you don't have your shows planned four months out. You kind of plan on being interesting four months out and then responding to whatever is interesting. That's right. Yeah. And when I think about uh, your industry, it may be in the way that you interact with people, right? Where hospitals or healthcare providers can think more about that. All the stuff that you don't require um, probably patents on or trials, uh, those tend to take longer, but it's probably the softer side that actually could be more responsive or more reactive. Yeah, the patient experience side. Yeah. That, that's a piece that, you know, and we should be encouraging our frontline healthcare people to actually contribute to this. Actually, I think, you know, it's interesting is this story uh, to me now I'm making that connection with the expressivity and dynamic response rate. I like to use scientific terms that don't mean anything like dynamic DRR. Uh, the dynamic response rate of frontline healthcare professionals to changing demand. So you see an opioid epidemic in its infancy, mm -hmm. and now it's in a mature stage where you know, okay, you know there's certain uh, certain expressions that someone who's suffering from addiction to opioids will use when they're trying to get a refill. You know there are certain patterns of behavior that they'll display, and a lot of them are unconscious patterns that come from being dependent mm -hmm. on these drugs. Could you in real time develop um, response approaches and compassionate ways of communicating with them where you can actually do good for them, but without applying these ancient... So in medicine, it's like they're still, you know, if you, took, if, if you compare the internet to how medicine responds, the medicine would still be making Harlem Shake memes mm -hmm. because they're like, hey, this Harlem Shake thing's a big thing, see? We need to get on that, see? <laughs> And they'd still be doing it because that's how it is. It's all delayed. Our technology is delayed. We're still using pagers and fax machines. It's all this weird. And so my mission, and that's why I'm really happy to have you on the show, is to wake people up and go, no, it's time that we got like beta brand level dynamic response rates because hmm. we can do it. Op opioid thing would be interesting there because that's that's a uh, there's a uh, there's such a social component to that. There's such a uh, what did you do that worked. How did you interact with someone? How did you speak with someone that could be useful where I'm at? And maybe it's just because that's, uh, it's not visualized or there isn't a forum that people can look about uh, response. And again, well, that's where we're a crowdsourcing business and obviously beta brand's not gonna solve the op opioid crisis, but the methodology with which we uh, have a big forum of shared conversation uh, could be something that could be useful. Man, you know, actually, uh, you may have stumbled on something for ZDog Industries 2.0. So the idea that we are a forum for those kind of things. So in other words, I will get these interesting, it's like having sensors all around the world. Sure. I get inbound traffic into my private message box and into the comments and things like that. And it's often people will say things like, oh, I have this great way of talking to people who suffer from opioid addiction and I go through this and I'll look at it and go, that's great. Can I share that with the, with the whole tribe? And they'll say yes or no. And if I share it, then people can respond and go, oh, you know what, I'm gonna take that. Cause right now we have no mechanism for what you described. Right. We have no mechanism to share these ideas, uh, to even respond in a dynamic way. We, we're very siloed off. We don't talk to each other. And what's interesting is nurses can teach, doctors can teach, pharmacists can teach, respiratory therapists can teach, psychologists, but we don't. <laughs> and when we train, we don't round together. It, 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 it's starting to change. We're sure. getting these multidisciplinary rounds. So this crosstalk and this creativity across the specialties too is, is key. So. Actually, everything you've said has kind of got me thinking and maybe we should create a mechanism where we crowdsource different ideas for how to solve some of these problems. And it sounds like the Z-Dog wiki, it's <laughs> something like that. I mean, there, there are, you know, there technology, are there are things there that are. you do. It's, right. I think it's the trick is, when do you know the signals that are strongest within that? Right? That's the hard part. And that's people right now kind of rely on you versus sort of relying on what the, you know, the bubbling up in the community might be. And this is true and this is a problem because I fatigue real easy and then I get tired of it and then I burn the whole thing to the ground. Hmm. So especially if I, cause I, I, I can maintain novelty only for a short time and then I have to move to the next thing. Sure. So if it relies on me, the system will fail quickly. So we have to figure out a way to make it more crowdsourceable. Maybe it is a wiki, maybe the best idea is like Quora, go to the top. Something like something that. Something like that. Um, I love it, man. <laughs> um, what else do you wanna talk about? What I wanna talk about, you know what was a cool thing we were talking about? Is what it's like to uh, 
be as deep into your show as you are, i.e., how have you evolved as a performer and how have I evolved as a performer, right? Because not, not uh, I would say that I'm not up to the skills of a, uh, a broadcast host like you, but my milieu is inventing and launching brand new products. Yeah. I'm now at like 1,200. And you said you're, you're in the hundreds and hundreds of shows at this point. It's so cool to, when you reach the point where you're like, whoa, it's a long history of doing this now. And you start to be kind of good at it, right? Like it's interesting, you know, like where at least you're like, I mean, for me, like I'll, I'll take the example of this unicorn sweater. I know everything to do, right? Because I've done it. I know here's the stories that can come out of it. We know how to extend it onto like 25 different products. We know how to get them made all over the world. We kind of can make it special for people. And it's fun because I, I got to do that over the course of 1,200 episodes of the beta brand product show. Wow. You know, so, so I think that's, it's neat for folks like you and me to be able to say, hey, you know, it's kind of working. And you learn th some things along the way. And I think that's part of the entrepreneur's exercise that I think is worthwhile to tell people that you just got to keep trying things. And then all of a sudden it gets better. I, I, I'm a hundred thousand percent with you. It's like the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours of experience. Like the more you iterate, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. We look at our early shows and we're, we cringe. Like me and Tom will be like, can we delete that off the internet? It's <laughs> so terrible. Yeah. And then as you start to get into the flow and even our early interviews, is just like me just going, hey, I like hey, guy, which I still do. But, but the idea that um, you had to iterate over 1200 products and even with the yoga pants, you're iterating a bunch. Oh yeah. It, people don't realize, they don't realize in the creatives. And I had Peter Atia on the show, um, who's this really smart doctor. He has one of the top podcasts in science and medicine. We went to Stanford together and he was like, so what's your creative process for making parodies? And I said, you'd be surprised how much iteration it involves. So you may come up with the idea for, you know, uh, you know, one seek parody of Bare Naked Ladies one week. Sure. You'll write some initial lyrics and I actually do it in a very structured way. The initial creative spark allows me then to then go back and build a framework, but then it's like iteration, iteration. Okay, what about that? That doesn't feel right. It needs one word different. It's that work and writers say the same thing. It's all in the rewriting. Yeah. So in entrepreneurial endeavors, in medical research and all this, it's this constant push and work within the bounds of a kind of a flow state you can get into in the creative aspects of it. For sure. But it's real. And I think people deny it and they go, oh, it's just gonna happen. Dude, I've been at this crap since 2010 when I started the Z-Dog character sure. as, a, as a cry for help. Now it's you know nine years later and I'm only now getting kind of sea legs where I'm like, oh, this is, could be a thing yeah. that we could help a lot of people. For sure. And beta brand, like I remember when we talked back in 2012, it was oh, I, like- I would have been on like product 12 at that time. You were like on product 12. Yeah. You had, you had the Japans yeah. and the quarter rounds, the disco hoodie. Sons of Britches. Sons of Britches. That's a good product. What was it? Describe the sun. They were just jeans for stuntmen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Logical. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Jeans for stuntmen. Well, every man wants to be a stuntman. You know what? You've nailed it. We all like- You're like, wait, this. I'm interested. I'm like, now you, Now I'm interested. How do I become a stuntman, Chris Lindland? Uh, but yeah, you were on uh, Project Product 12. And now to see, it's funny because then we reconnected and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, you've- there was a New York Times article that kind of was a little bit of your break, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was fun. That when we first started, we got, we, I mean, all the earned luck you can imagine in the first year where it was just one story after another after every product we put out. Mm. But the thing was, there was a lot of thought that went into them at the time. It was the, um, any entrepreneur who's listening, by the time you put your first thing out, you will, it'll be the beneficiary of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cycles of thinking about something. And what becomes funny is once you have the opportunity to you know, kind of get an audience, then you don't have as many cycles you can put into each thing. So it's almost this weird curve you go through where you're like, okay, now I got an audience and I'm not as prepared as I was before. And then you start getting good at it. I think you see that with like, uh, let's take this as an example, Flight of Concord's second season. Yeah not as good yeah, yeah, because they had the benefit of years of making the first season unbelievably yeah, incredible. Yeah. And so uh, what we found now is that you then have to kind of become great at being faster 
at making the totality of an idea come to life. I'm with you a thousand percent. In the old days, I would spend weeks on an individual video. Now it's like we have a day yeah, and we just improvise most of it. We yep. throw it together in the edit. We put it out that day. If it's a real doctor watches Doc McStuffins, uh, it's like we'll record a, an hour or so of video and we'll edit it down to three minutes and we'll do it that day. Sure. And I mean, you have to because the, the cycle of, and, and we'll lose interest too now because of the way our mind has changed. Oh, sure. Yeah, we're no longer, it has to be a flow state. It has to be right then or else it's inauthentic. That's why I think live, Facebook Live has been such a boon for us because mm -hmm. it's an authentic expression that medical people don't get to do. You don't get to just give your thoughts because, oh my gosh, what if you say the wrong thing? Oh, I see. And a lot of times I'll get guests on the show and they'll be like, I don't wanna go, it's a medical person. I don't wanna go live because I might say something that, you know, a violation of X, Y, or Z. It's like, so? Hmm. That's what's fun. That's what's gonna get people to listen to you because you're an authentically expressing. You're not self-censoring. You're not doing all this stuff. But then you put them live and they self-censor. Yeah, okay. Whereas my problem is I say too much. Uh, I say exactly what I think. <laughs> and then I have to explain myself later. And I'm like, no, that is how I think, but this is why. We well, you like notes afterwards. You're like, okay, now uh, the footnotes. Uh, this is where I explain all the things that may have been off color. There, there. Well, you yeah. know, if I did that, I'd be doing that all day. It's more <laughs> like, uh, you know, a lot of people in the comments have said this about something I said. Let me explain to you the intention behind that. So you understand where I'm coming from because intentions matter. Sure. Nowadays, we, we discount intention. We go, oh, well, it's the effect on the listener. If you hurt their feelings, if you triggered them in some way, if you made them upset, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter that you didn't intend to do that or that your intentions were actually good or they were misunderstood. I don't think that's true. I think intention matters a lot in moral reasoning and in how we think. But the thing is you have to, maybe it's not apologize. You have to go back out and explain what it was you're doing if, if people missed that. And if you accidentally did something where you did injure people, um, you know, you said something, you did something, then you have to explain why it happened and why you're not gonna do that again. I think what people are witnessing right now is two people who've gone, gone into the my dinner with Andre level of, <laughs> of their own interested things. We're like, what are we here to talk about? Oh, that's right, pants and medicine. You and I are like, Coming yes, up with ideas, like, man, man like, and getting in the flow state is incredible. What's amazing is you made a My Dinner with Andre reference, which sure. if you've ever seen the movie Waiting for Guffman, it was oh yeah, it was the best in show guys, uh, Christopher Guest and those guys, they're one of their first uh, after Spinal Tap. And he at the end, he pulls out, he's like, well, one of my favorite things is the My Dinner with Andre lunchbox. Because you know, a kid will be like, I wanna go to school, I wanna eat lunch, and what could be cooler than a My Dinner with Andre lunchbox and I watched that recently. Did it, you? it was cool. I mean it, it was a it was a uh absolutely related to dress pants yoga pants. I joke. But uh, <laughs> no it, it was uh it was uh it was cool to watch it. I mean there's there's it's it's long but there's periods where like wow this is heady heady stuff. There are periods of transcendent comedy because they improvised eighty hours of improv for that movie. Was oh, that what waiting it was? for government yeah oh the, well waiting for government I was talking about my dinner with Andre. Oh yeah <laughs> You were talking I, about my dinner with Andre. Yeah, I would gladly watch uh, I, uh, Waiting for Guffman anytime. Wasn't it the guy uh, in it who was like inconceivable for oh, yeah. Princess Bride? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Okay, I have to see it. I haven't seen it in years. It's it's interesting. I think, you know, it's funny. Uh, Leslie and I listened to it when we drove down to Mon uh, Monterey. We had it playing on YouTube and it was just an interesting way to travel because wow. it's basically like a radio show. Yeah, yeah. It's an early podcast. Yeah, it's you're like not Rogan. You're, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. not, It's you don't need to watch it. Yeah. You can listen to it. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of listening to it, for uh, listeners of our show, understand this is also an audio podcast. Uh, Chris and I went a little long. And so if you really want to enjoy this, uh, listen to it. One thing you're doing, do you want to talk about your podcast thing yet? Oh, uh, I hope so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to do something where uh, I have, let's say, a, not even a handshake agreement, but a look deeply in the eye agreement with the Z-Dog uh, at the Beta Brand Store in San Francisco starting... End of February, early March, one day a week, we're going to be having podcast theater where notable podcasters like the Z-Dog will come and perform live. And for us, it's just a fun way to do something for the community. And I mean that by we've got this beautiful big store on Valencia Street, and it can fit about 100 people. I thought it'd be a fun thing for people to come and meet their audiences. So that's the venue we're creating. 
Man, I'm really looking forward to that because we could invite all the healthcare peeps in the San Francisco Bay Area. You will have standing room only uh, to throw tomatoes at me, to accuse me of being a pharma shill. There's a million things. They'll all happen. Oh, and we'll get the anti-vaxxers to show yeah, up. Yeah, can you? Can this event be protested by any chance? Absolutely. Oh, that's good. That will great, create amazing press. That's right. Uh, anti-vaccine protesters today stormed a little known apparel manufacturer, Beta Brands. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I called you little known? I think that's important. Little known, but uh, but growing. But growing, exactly. A <laughs> uh, little bit more known. It, hey, I hope we can spread the word among medical people who already love your stuff. Physician Moms Group were big proponents of it. Um, it's just a big, big deal that people get to be creative in medicine. And thank you, Chris Lindland, for helping me understand entrepreneurship and clothes. Thank and you medicine. so much. It's my pleasure, brother. See you next time. All right. We out. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.